Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Buffalo Shots Podcast. Hello again, and welcome to another Horror Shots Podcast with me. Casey. Thank you all again for listening to last week's episode. I believe it had the single highest single day downloads of any podcast I've put out so far, which is super awesome. I even had a few reviews after last episode, which is even better. I'm not going to read them on this one. I'm going to wait till I get a few more and kind of list them all off at once. I don't want to start every episode with a new review unless it's warranted, unless I have like five in a row that I can just be like, hey, thank you to this person. Thank you to this person. Thank you to this person. And like I said, it doesn't even have to be a great review. I want you to be honest with me. The only way I can get better is by listening to what you have to say. And if you think I could do something better, absolutely let me know. Instructive criticism is the pillar on which all creativity is built. So please, drop a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast that enables you to leave a review. It all helps. It's very fantastic and it's great to get some feedback. Furthermore... Of course, you can always catch me on my website at horrorshots.com. Just hit me up on the contact form there if you ever want to talk about anything. If you want to be a guest on the show, if you want to do an interview, I'm sure we can work something out. Hopefully, I have a couple of things lined up in the future for that. I just got to figure out this whole recording via proxy sort of stuff. Once I do that, I should have some good stories for you from some very loyal listeners. Other than that, you can always get a hold of me if you don't want to go to the website on Twitter at horrorshotspod or... Of course, Instagram. Last but not least, Instagram there. At Horror Shots Photography. Alrighty. With all that kind of housekeeping crap out of the way, we can get on to the cast. Now, if you remember last week, I did talk about the Necronomicon and how it is a fictional piece of literature that had some influence on the real world. How people believed it to be real throughout history and even into present day. There are some people out there who think this is a legitimate piece of history or a real grimoire or something along those lines so i wanted to get into that a little bit deeper and i've been kind of scouring the web and kind of thinking about stuff i've seen in the past and one thing always jumped out and that one thing happened on may 31st 2014 in waukesha wisconsin it involved two tweens or very nearly teenage girls and a very famous internet legend now, some of you may be familiar with the website called Creepypasta. And in 2009, a creator known as Victor Surge, or his real name, Eric Knudsen, or Knudsen, created something for Creepypasta. It became infamous. It spawned a Hollywood movie, an HBO documentary. It's been the inspiration behind numerous internet videos, as well as TV shows and episodes and spin-off movies even some of you may even know him as a video game character popularized by i believe it was pewdiepie or any of those horror gamers tobuscus i think played it as well markiplier was known for playing it too and that game that character that mythos was slenderman now what is slenderman well the story goes he was a fictional character 
something inspired by the Lovecraftian days, but ultimately it was created as an internet meme. We all know what memes are, and it was created, again, on Creepypasta. He is depicted as a thin, unnaturally tall humanoid with featureless head and face while wearing a black suit. Stories of the Slenderman commonly feature him stalking, abducting, or traumatizing people, particularly children. The Slenderman is not confined to a single narrative, but appears in many works of fiction, typically composed online. Fiction relating to the Slenderman encompasses many media, including literature, art, and video series such as the Marble Hornets, wherein he is known as the Operator. Outside of online fiction, the Slenderman has become an internet icon and has influenced popular culture, having been referenced in the video game Minecraft with the Enderman and generated video games of his own, as previously mentioned. Tons of spin-offs, tons of sequels, including Slenderman The Eight Pages and Slenderman The Arrival. He also appeared in a film adaptation of the Marble Hornets, which was a YouTube series, or maybe even prior to YouTube. And in that film, he was portrayed by Doug Jones. And if you don't know who Doug Jones is, he is a Hollywood actor, most famous for several roles with Guillermo del Toro, including Abe Sapien, the kind of aqua fish man in Hellboy. And just a little bit more now about Slenderman and his origins and where people get the idea from him from. The Slenderman was created on June 10th, 2009 in a thread in the Something Awful Internet Forum. The thread was a Photoshop contest in which users were challenged to create paranormal images. Forum poster Eric Knudsen, under the pseudonym Victor Surge, contributed two black and white images of groups of children to which he had added a tall, thin, spectral figure wearing a black suit. Although previous entries had consisted solely of photographs, Surge supplemented his submissions with snatches of text, supposedly from witnesses, describing the abductions of groups of children and giving the character the name, The Slender Man. The quote under the first photograph read, We didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. But its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. Now that was apparently quoted in 1983 by the photographer Unknown, presumed dead, it's a great mythos, it's a great way to start any sort of legend, especially one on the internet. The second quote under the second photograph read, One of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library blaze, notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished, and for what is referred to as the Slender Man, presumably where the name of the character came from. Deformities cited as film defects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. And that one's quoted to be in 1986 by photographer Mary Thomas. Missing since June 13th, 1986. These little additions effectively transformed the photographs into works of fiction. Subsequent posters expanded on the character, adding their own visual or textual contributions. Nudson was inspired to create the Slenderman primarily by Zach Parsons, quote, that insidious beast. Stephen King's The Mist, reports of Shadow People, Mothman, and the Mad Geyser of Mattoon. Other inspirations for the character were the Tall Man from the 1979 film Phantasm, H.P. Lovecraft, the surrealist work of William S. Burroughs, and the survival horror video games Silent Hill and Resident Evil. Nudson's intention was to formulate something whose motivations 
can barely be comprehended and which caused unease and terror in the general population. Other pre-existing fictional or legendary creatures which are similar to the Cinderman include the Gentleman, Black-Suited, Pale, Bald Demons from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode Hush, the Men in Black, many accounts of which grant them the uncanny appearance with an unnatural walk and oriental features, and The Question, a DC Comics superhero with a blank face whose secret identity is Victor Sage, very similar to Nudson's alias of Victor Surge. In her book, Folklore, Horror Stories, and The Slenderman, The Development of an Internet Mythology, Professor Shira Chess of the University of Georgia connected the Slenderman to ancient folklore about fairies. Like fairies, Slenderman is otherworldly, with motives that are often difficult to grasp. Like fairies, his appearance is vague and often shifts to reflect what the viewer wants or fears to see. Like fairies, the Slenderman calls the woods and wild places his home, while he kidnaps children. The Slenderman soon went viral, spawning numerous works of fan art, cosplay, and online fiction known as Creepy Pasta. Scary stories told in short snatches of easily copyable text that spread from site to site. Divorced from its original creator, the Slenderman became the subject of a myriad of stories by multiple authors within an overarching mythos. Many aspects of the Slenderman mythos first appeared on the original Something Awful thread. One of the earliest editions was added by a forum user named ThoroUp, who created a folklore story set in 16th century Germany involving a character called Der Groschmann, which was implied to be an early reference to the Slenderman. The first video game series involving the Slenderman evolved from a post on Something Awful thread by user Seagars. It tells of a fictional film school friend named Alex Crayley, who had stumbled upon something troubling while shooting his first feature-length project, Marble Hornets. The video series, published in found footage style on YouTube, forms an alternate reality game describing the filmmaker's fictional experience with the Slenderman. The ARG also incorporates a Twitter feed and an alternate YouTube channel created by user to the Ark. As of 2013, Marvel Hornets has over 250,000 subscribers around the world and has received 55 million views. Other Slenderman-themed YouTube serials followed, including Everyman Hybrid and Tribe 12. So why was this character so popular? Well, media scholar and folklorist Andrew Peck attributes the success of Slenderman to its highly collaborative nature. Because the character and its motives are shrouded in mystery, users can easily adapt existing Slenderman tropes and imagery to create new stories. This ability for users to tap into the idea of others while also supplying their own helped inspire the collaborative culture that arose surrounding the Slenderman. Instead of privileging the choices of certain creators as canonical, the collaborative culture informally locates ownership of the creature across the community, as opposed to just a single individual. In these respects, the Slenderman is similar to campfire stories or urban legends, and the character's success comes from enabling both social interaction and personal acts of creative expression. Although nearly all users understand that the Slenderman is not real, they suspend that disbelief in order to become more engrossed with telling or listening to the stories. This adds a sense of authenticity to Slenderman, legend, performances, and blur the lines between legend and reality, keeping the creature as an object of legend dialect. This ambiguity has led some to some confusion over the character's origin and purpose. 
Only five months after his creation, George Newry's Coast to Coast AM, a radio call-in show devoted to the paranormal and conspiracy theories, began receiving callers asking about the Slender Man. Two years later, an article in the Minneapolis Star Tribune described his origins as difficult to pinpoint. Eric Knudsen has commented that many people, despite understanding that Slenderman was a created piece of work on something awful forums, still entertain the possibility that he still might be real. And that kind of brings us into that fateful day in May of 2014. So let's go back in time to May 31st, 2014 in Waukesha, Wisconsin, where 12-year-old Anissa Wire and Morgan Geyser lured their friend Peyton Lutner into the woods and stabbed her 19 times. This was an attempt to impress the Slender Man. But why did they do it? That's the biggest question. Now, I'm not an expert on the Slender Man mythos, but... I have looked into it, and I don't remember seeing anywhere that he requires you to kill in order to be part of his coven or his cult or whatever the case is. He's more of an abductor. He would just take you if he wanted to. So then why did these girls do it? And while the why may never really be known, we do know what happened on the day of May 31st, 2014 in Wakasha, Wisconsin. The two girls in question lured their friend at 12 years old, into the woods to murder her, an act they very nearly pulled off. They stabbed their classmate 19 times. She didn't die, however, and she managed to crawl out of the woods where she was happened to cross by a bicyclist who called 911. She spent six days in the hospital and survived the attack, amazingly enough. When questioned later by authorities, the two girls reportedly claimed that they wished to commit a murder as a first step to becoming proxies for the Slender Man, having read about it online. They also stated that they were afraid that the Slender Man would kill their families if they did not commit the murder. Now that's a reason, but it's not a very good one. After the perpetrators left the scene, the victim crawled out of the woods to a roadway, as previously mentioned. Both attackers have been diagnosed with mental illnesses and have also been charged as adults, as each were facing up to 65 years in prison. One of the girls reportedly said Slenderman watches her, can read minds, and could teleport. Experts testified in court that she also said she conversed with Lord Voldemort and one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. On August 1st, 2014, she was found incompetent to stand trial and her prosecution was suspended until her condition improved. On November 12th, 2014, a doctor judged that her condition had improved enough for her to stand trial. And on December 19th, 2014, the judge ruled that both girls were competent to stand trial. In August 2015, the presiding judge ruled that the girls would be tried as adults. They were tried separately as well. On August 21st, 2017, one of the girls, now 15, pleaded guilty to being party to attempted second-degree homicide, but claimed she was not responsible for her own actions on the grounds of insanity. Although prosecutors alleged that she knew what she was doing was wrong, the jury determined that she was mentally ill during the attack. She will spend at least three years in a mental hospital. On December 21st, Kesha County Circuit Judge Michael Boren sentenced Wire, then 16 years old, to be hospitalized for 25 years from the date of the crime, which would keep her institutionalized until age 37. 
In a statement to the media, Eric Knudsen, the creator, said, I am deeply saddened by the tragedy in Wisconsin and my heart goes out to the families of those affected by this terrible act. He stated he would not be giving interviews on the matter. On the 25th of September 2017, it was reported that Morgan Geyser, then 15, had agreed to plead guilty to attempting to commit first-degree homicide in an arrangement that would allow her to avoid jail time. The terms of the arrangement Geyser would remain at the mental hospital where she had been staying for the past two years for at least a further three years. On February 1st, 2018, the Associated Press reported that Geyser had been sentenced to 40 years in the Wisconsin Mental Hospital, the maximum sentence allowed. A documentary film on the incident called Beware the Slender Man was released by HBO in March 2016 and was broadcast on January 23rd, 2017. Sadly, this wasn't the only incident regarding internet memes or internet mythos. After hearing the story of the Slenderman stabbings, an unidentified woman from Cincinnati, Ohio, told the WLWT-TV reporter in June 2014 that her 13-year-old daughter had attacked her with a knife and had written a macabre fiction involving the Slenderman who, the mother said, motivated the attack. On September 4, 2014, a 14-year-old girl in Port Ritchie, Florida, allegedly set her family's house on fire while her mother and 9-year-old brother were inside. Police reported that the teenager had been reading online stories about Slenderman, as well as the Atsushi Okubu manga, Soul Eater. Eddie Daniels of the Pasco County Sheriff's Office said the girl had visited the website that contained a lot of the Slenderman information and stories. It would be safe to say that there is a connection to that. During an early 2015 epidemic of suicide attempts by young people ages 12 to 24 on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, Slenderman was cited as an influence. The Oglala Sioux tribe president noted that many Native Americans traditionally believe in a suicide spirit similar to the Slenderman. As you can see, the Slenderman has a huge following online, even today in 2018. You can definitely draw similarities to other stories featuring creatures similar to the Slenderman, such as the Boogeyman, or maybe even the Wendigo. Very similar. And of course, you can always relate it back to H.P. Lovecraft and his old gods. If you've seen any of the pictures of the Slenderman, sometimes he is depicted as having tentacles. Or multiple arms at the very least, which is very, very Cthulhu-like. Beyond that, I'm sure there are very, very, very many accounts of internet-related crimes or people being inspired over the course of history from various mythos. We can look at religion as a sort of example. How many people have died in the name of Religion X because they believe it to be true? This isn't much different. The only difference is they're not being attributed to a god or a religion or being touched by an angel or whatever the case is, whatever the reason for people to kill somebody else is in the name of something else. And so it's shunned a little bit more. But that is a topic for a different day and one I'm not sure I ever really want to touch on this podcast anyway. Now, I will be back next week. I haven't decided on a topic yet, so if you have something in mind, hit me up. I'd love to hear from you about anything you have in mind. A story... A specific god, a specific demon, a specific mythology, a specific legend, anything you've got, let me know. Love to hear from you. And of course, drop a review wherever you can, it really helps me out. 
And like I said, I'll read them out on the podcast when I get a chance. When I get a, a culmination of a few, I'll read them out. But I would like to thank Kristen Zaza, who did say on Twitter that she left a review on iTunes. I haven't had enough iTunes reviews for it to populate yet. I think I need five. So just a couple more and I should be able to get there. And for Hart, who left a review on Stitcher, which I will read possibly next week. Hopefully next week. Let's aim for next week. Until then, keep an eye out for some creepy stories. Fact or fiction, they can always be interesting. Especially when fiction kind of blends into life. <laughs>